and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined on the other line. He had braids for like three days, then got rid of them. Anthony Chang. How's it going, Anthony? Man, you, you shouldn't have said it. I was going to reveal it on Instagram. <laughs> Ruin the surprise. How are you, David? Doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well. Um, I know we're going to talk about this later in the podcast, but it, 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 there's some optimism right now that the season is going to restart in the next few months, which I think this is the most optimism that we've kind of felt um, since the season was suspended, right? Well, yeah, it's kind of interesting because I, I think I was always a little more optimistic than you were. I think back yeah. when, we had a, when we had Barry on, you guys both like were kind of I felt like pretty pessimistic about the idea of the season starting. And, and that was a long time ago, obviously. And I think it was a little less clear. Like it was kind of still felt like a situation where it could have gone a lot of different directions. And then it was like a really kind of big swing because Friday, I think it was Friday, right? That the players had their call with Adam Silver and the reports coming out of that were that, you know, there was a little more pessimism and then, was it maybe Tuesday? It was either Monday or Tuesday. There was the reports of the the call with like LeBron and Chris Paul and like a bunch of, I think it was like ten ten of the biggest stars in the league, um, all got on the phone and and the reports coming out of that were a little bit more optimistic. So it was it's really a swing where like after Friday I was like oh maybe they're not going to figure this out, and then we come back a couple of days later and and it's probably like you said the most optimistic we've been. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, obviously there has to be, the NBA has to feel that it would be safe to come back. But I think a lot of the optimism, optimism has to do with how many people want to restart the season, you know? Like, right. I, how many players want to restart the season? How many players? How many owners? How many, yeah. I mean, Yeah, I think the owners were kind of always going to want to. It always felt like it was going to come down a little bit to the players, right? Like they're the ones. Right. Well, well some owners, you know, I've, I've, you know, listening to podcasts and different reports, uh, some owners, like especially teams that are not in the playoffs, they feel like it doesn't make sense financially right. to start the season because they have to. Then all of a sudden, you know, you're paying players for those games, and it, you know, you end up maybe not making as much money to make it worth it. But yeah, I think for the most part, owners obviously want the season to restart, and the fact that, like I said, players want it as well because they're the ones that are. They're most of them are going to be the ones that are. Are, you know, sacrificing their safety and kind of, um, you know, taking that risk. So the fact that players and the best players in the league, like you said, that call with LeBron and Giannis and Chris Paul, um, the fact that they want to do it, I think means a lot. You know, I think a lot. that's where a lot of the optimism is coming from. That You know, the NBA is going to at least try to do this thing. Yeah, and notable, like, there's – it was obviously a lot of the, the playoff guys on the call, but I think Damian Lillard was on the call too, who, who you know, the yeah. Blazers might not be in the playoffs. So they've at least surveyed a little bit of what it would potentially look like, you know, what the what the guys who don't really have that incentive, um, you know, like well, obviously LeBron wants to come back. He wants to, you know, win a championship. He, this, you know, him and Giannis are the guys who, if there is no season, probably lose out the most in terms of like, legacy and all that kind of crap but um and, and LeBron probably more than anybody just because he's what I think he's yeah because like, he's one of you know he's the yeah. oldest guy of that group pretty much right yeah like, definitely the oldest to guy me LeBron has now. to be the guy that that is the most like in the tank for the season to restart just because of what this season means for him yeah you know, this- I would say him and Giannis just because we you know we don't yeah. we don't know how long that you know that Bucks 
team looked like the favorite just in terms of like all the metrics and that kind of stuff. But yeah, LeBron obviously with his age and and this Jordan Doc airing, I'm sure he's thinking like, ooh, this is this is a chance to win one. So, but I, I was encouraged by seeing a guy like Damian Lillard on that list where. Um, it's not just the, the guys who obviously want to restart it because they have a chance to win a championship and all that. It, it's a, a survey of different levels of guys from all across the league. Even if it was all just the superstars, it, it was guys who kind of represent a pretty wide swath. And, and, like, you know, this was, I guess, almost like two months ago now, but Steve Kerr basically said, like, they're operating, the Warriors are operating, like, the season's over, like, are we going to, when we restart, are we going to bring all 30 teams back? Like, I think that's yeah. still going to be a question. Um, you know, do we maybe, like, expand, like, 20, 20 teams come back, like the top 20, and do some sort of play-in with the bottom teams to get to the playoffs? But I think that's all still questions that are going to have to be answered. Um, but, you know, it, it feels like we've at least got guys who kind of represent the top 20 or so of the league. Uh on on board on the same page uh at least in broad strokes yeah i think how like you said how the nba comes back remains to be seen like if it's every team or if it's 20 teams or if it's only the 16 playoff teams i, I think that's still to be determined they're still gonna have to work that out um but i yeah like i said i think it's encouraging that they're at least moving in that direction and it does seem like which has been reported now for the past month or so um that it is going to be either a one site you know, deal or a two-side deal. And the two sites that are being talked about most are Orlando, you know, in the Disney complex uh, and Las Vegas. So, you know, it's not going to be teams playing in front of, you know, in their home arenas or in an empty home arena. It looks like it's going to be kind of the quote-unquote bubble or as Adam Silver, Silver reportedly campus, said. Right? Campus, right? Campus environment, yeah. you know. I don't, I, again, I, you know, I spoke to you, Donis, about this um, last week. And he wasn't a big fan of it. He thought it was going to be a tough sell for players to kind of be playing in a bubble where they play a game and they have to go back to their hotel room and just stay there until they have to play or practice again. Like, that's difficult. Um, but um, if they could make it, like Adam Silver said, a campus environment where it's not just hotel room, you know, work, hotel room, hotel room work, um, then maybe they could do it. Um, so I think that's, that's going to be another challenge. How do they pull it off where um, – guys are able to do stuff other than just sleep and play basketball. It's, it's not going to be easy, but they're at least making an effort to move in that direction, which is encouraging. Well, that's, I think why it's going to make a little bit more sense. You know, that's why I don't think it's going to make sense to bring back all 30 teams. Yeah. I think if you jump straight into some sort of playoff format, like, you know, some teams, obviously like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Bucks, the teams that are, you know, going to go to the, conference finals and, and maybe the finals are, are going to be there a long time but like it's also you're not going to necessarily be you know trapped if you're a team that's you know just kind of playing out the stretch there um and i don't know if you've ever been to that disney account but like there's a lot of space there there's a lot of courts there obviously there's you know there's not gonna be a lot to do but there's not a lot to do at home right now either like i think yeah i get it that it's gonna the, the bubble idea is gonna be a tough sell but i think by, you know, if it's campus and name only and it's the bubble format, yeah, that's going to suck for these guys a little bit. But if you do kind of give them a little bit more to do, like you said, than just play basketball and, and go back to your hotel, um, you know, at least kind of like give them some freedom to like roam around the area, um, then I, I think it 
makes a little bit more sense Play uh, to get back to it. Something like that. Yeah, like, exactly. Just like if all these guys are quarantined together, you know, it's obviously more than like the 50 person limit that the CDC is recommending. But it's kind of like if you're all quarantined together, it's it's the same idea as like living in a hotel complex where you're just kind of bumping into people maybe a little bit and, you know, that kind of stuff. Or, or you know, I'm sure there's people who are living in like college houses still where there's like 12 people living in a house. <laughs> like, like you know, it's it's not a totally crazy idea to have no. um, a group of guys who, who aren't being exposed to the outside world, obviously, um, you know, interacting in some capacity as long as they're being safe. I mean, we're seeing, you know, the country opening up to a degree like it's not we're not we're not we're no we're not where we were a month ago where it felt like you were really were not allowed to leave your house except to go to the grocery store or whatever or get a little bit of exercise like we are starting to return at least some somewhat to a normal ish way of life um you know obviously people are still being encouraged to stay home when they can but um you know it's we're, we're in a better place than we were a month ago certainly yeah, for sure. And, re- and revisiting um, last week's uh, topic of documentaries, I want a documentary, a 10-part documentary on the bubble and how yeah. those, those guys in there. I think that's going to be interesting, like how, like you said, I mean, they're all gonna be, if you're in a fierce playoff uh, uh, matchup with the Bucks and the Heat and those guys are running into each other at dinner like that night or the day before a game, like it's going to be interesting to see how that all – kind of works behind the scenes because um it's so unique you know i think that that's going to be a a story that people you know 10 15 20 years from now um that's gonna be a good one to tell yeah yeah to me the the biggest challenge still kind of remains like the you know you obviously got your 12 13 14 players per team you got your whatever three four five coaches per team you've got the medical staff and all that like you've got that that certain group of people that have to be there just to operate day by day, the referees, you know, we still don't know what the media environment is going to look like, but, you know, I guess it's just going to kind of be camera people and and announcers and then maybe like one pool reporter or something like that. Like, you know, it's going to be a limited group, but then like, what do you do for the guys who are, you know, if you do this campus environment, the people who are running the snack bar or like whatever, like, you know, the, the people who, the, the janitors in the hotels, like who just are, are going to naturally be exposed to these NBA players. And yeah, you know, it's going to be hard to justify a guy who makes 40,000, $50,000 a year to, to stay away from the rest of society. If, if you really are committed to a bubble. So it's, it's going to be, what are you going to be willing to risk? What are players going to be willing to risk? Um, and, you know, what is going to be deemed kind of acceptable? What are the precautions? Like, there's still a lot of variables, obviously, even – and it's why that every time it feels like there's some progress, you know, there's seems to be another challenge that arises because there are so many challenges and, and there are so many variables you have to think through that, you know, I, I'm not celebrating like the season's coming back now because of that, but um, obviously the, there's, there are reasons for optimism, which is, which is good. Yeah, and one note I wanted to um, kind of discuss just kind of what you just talked about with the media. I was watching uh, Real Sports and HBO this week. It was an episode I think that aired a few weeks ago, but I watched it this week, and it was a roundtable with the, like the top the top play by play guys from each sport. Um, and Mike Breen was the NBA guy, 
Mm-hmm. And Mike Breen said that he expects to call games if the season resumes from a studio, a remote studio. Like yeah, so I guess that's a possibility too. I saw there was a Ringer story about it also. Um, I think Brian Curtis from The Ringer ripped. I, I haven't read the article, but he wrote something I think along similar lines of like, is this going to become a new normal of guys doing games from the studio? Yeah, I think especially this, uh, at least for this, the rest of this season, you know, if it does start back up, I don't think there'll be any media. Honestly, yeah. like, I don't think there'll be anybody. Like, if Mike Breen is going to be calling games from like a remote studio yeah. in Connecticut, New York, like. It would just be um, camera people then, I guess. And, like, a just one or camera two people. camera people. Yeah. like Camera people, maybe, like, other, you know, tech, technical people. I don't know, they know much about TV, but I'm sure, you know, it's just a couple guys from the network uh, that need to be there to, to run, you know, to broadcast the games. But, yeah, I think a lot of it's going to be remote. And then, like, for our purposes, you know, we might get Eric Spolster on a Zoom call or on a tele, you know, on a conference yeah. call with different reporters and players. But... Yeah, it's going to be the new normal for probably the rest of this season and maybe even next season. Um, it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. And I, we've ta- I think we've said this a couple times, but the NBA is sort of the league I trust to figure it out, right? Like, there's obviously there have been sort of, I guess, four leagues. I, I would say they're like kind of, you know, not counting like the individual sports like UFC that has figured it out to a degree, obviously, already, but... The NBA, NHL, MLS, MLB all are, are trying to figure out a way to get back right now. Um, you know, the MLS is actually kind of seems like they're the farthest along already kind of yeah. really, I don't know if it's on the record or if it's been heavily reported and leaked that they have this kind of Orlando plan in mind. Um, but, you know, the NBA, I, I MLB seems, you know, they've obviously hit a standstill with some of their um, financial issues um in terms of like collective bargaining stuff mlb always felt so difficult for me because they have to still do a full season whereas nba and nhl are still the ones that kind of i feel like have the the best chance to kind of set the tone of what returning to sports can look like because they have and nba i think even more so than nhl because the nhl the playoff races were still a little bit tighter the nba really could just say like all right we only need 18 or 20 of you teams to actually show up and we'll be fine. Um, which is why I still feel like, you know, I know there's going to be like some, we, we talked about how the, they need to get like five more games in for the TV rights deals. Like, I don't know, that stuff feels so unimportant right now. And, and obviously it's important to a lot of people who have a lot of financial interests, but it feels like if you just kind of, let's say that you just took money out of the equation entirely and you're like, all right, we want to finish this season there's definitely like ways you could get that done. And I, I, I think ultimately that's why I kind of have faith in the NBA to figure it out because, um, you know, ultimately some money is better than no money for all these parties. Um, obviously, as long as you can do it safely. And, you know, like I said, we are, the whole country is starting to reopen in different phases. Um, and, you know, ultimately is sports worth the risk at that point. Maybe not, but but maybe maybe it's something that people feel like they can do safely. Yeah, I I I, I agree. I, I also want to point to your MLS as well. Um, with MLS, I know that the MLS obviously it's been heavily reported that they're going to use Orlando and specifically also the Disney complex. Like, how does that affect the NBA's plan? Can they pull it off where there's two different leagues using that? I, I, yeah, I that complex is pretty big. Um, Obviously, like, and the hotels aren't, I don't know what the hotel situation is over near that complex, like, 
or if guys are going to be like staying at like the Disney resorts or like the themed resorts, which would be kind of hilarious if they were like staying in like Cinderella's Castle or whatever. I don't know the names of all the hotels there, but that would be pretty funny. Um, but that that complex is big enough, I think, where you could actually kind of keep the basketball and soccer separate. Um, you know, they're kind of on different. There's like a big, there's a couple of baseball stadiums that kind of like would separate, I think, that the, the field area um, where they would be able to do like football and soccer from the basketball, which is kind of on the other end. Um, so I. What are the economy though, like Orlando and Vegas? You know, like some guys are going to be staying in Disney hotels and the other guys are going to be staying in Vegas. Like, I wonder, like, <laughs> the campaigning of teams, like, which ones want to stay where? I, know I would guess it would just be East and West, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes the most sense, but I just. Yeah, you know, I think that's. Funny. But yeah, it's all—it's just hilarious to think of like yeah. the, them potentially staying in Vegas, like at Caesar's Palace, <laughs> like just like, and then in in Disney, like the Wilderness Lodge, like just yeah, having like, all. Yeah, right, exactly, the, you know, Fort Wilderness and yeah. Disney, like what a difference. You know? I know, but yeah, I I also think it's interesting to note that yeah, like just now for the past week or so, we've been getting. Um, leaks from the NBA as far as like what their plans are and more specifics. But the, the NBA has really been, and we've talked about this over the past few weeks, but they've been really conservative. Yeah. And the most of those four leagues, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Even, even now, like, yeah, we have details, but like baseball, you know, so much more about the baseball plan and kind of what they're trying to do. And like you said, the MLS, you know what they're trying to do. Um, even the NFL, like they haven't been coy about saying, look, we plan on, Forging ahead as you know as normal, yeah. Unless something changes in the next few months, but the NBA, you know, on the record, really yeah. Don't I don't think there's been even a Woj report that's like sources say they're looking at a bubble situation. Like it's always just kind of been like hypotheticals, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure like it's been, you know, these these guys who covered the league, you know, the national guys like have sourcing that are like, yeah, these are some of the ideas, but. Um, yeah, there hasn't been that kind of like firm report like we've seen for obviously MLS this week and baseball like almost a month ago now and, and hockey, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So it is, a, uh, and I think that's part of why like people just kind of started to worry because the NBA has just always been, you know, we kind of, a couple of weeks ago we were like, yeah, we're hopefully we'll hear something soon. May was always kind of the, the yeah. window and it, and it took them a little bit longer into May to like start actually floating some ideas and. And it still feels like if we don't have, like, that kind of report out in the next couple of weeks, like, then it, it will start to feel even more unrealistic. But, but again, I like, I keep harping on it. The country is in a better spot than we were um, a month ago. And, you know, maybe in two weeks we're going to be back where we were a month ago because these reopenings don't go well. But, um, you know, in a, lot of the, in a lot of the country, we're, we're starting to get back to a point where – people can at least like leave their house. Obviously like in Miami, they got back to the practice facility this week, which I guess pivots us nicely to talk about that. Um, you know, we're, we're moving on. We're, you know, like I think it, the, the kind of the, the word from there was it's a baby step, but it's a step, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something, you know, I think, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to rain on the parade, but I think it's a little overblown. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a person who wrote, you know, 1400 words on the reopening yesterday, I think it's a little overblown um, because, I, you know, it, like it's it's like we said, like it's 
Yes, it's an opening of the practice facility. It's a step. Players are able to get in and work out in the facility for the first time since March, um, and that's a positive. But I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, if guys are getting antsy, you want to yeah. get workouts in. Players are finding ways to get workouts in that aren't as safe, you know, whether it's a, a gym that should be closed and using their NBA status to kind of get a workout in, in there. Um, whatever it may be, they were finding ways. Um, and so I think this damn base way of saying, okay, you guys want to work out. We're going to give you an environment to do that. We're going to be able to control it. We're going to be able to monitor it. Um, we're going to be able to make sure it's clean and as safe as possible. Here you go. Um, that's, so that's basically it, I think. And, you know, mental health as well. It gives these yeah. guys, a lot of these guys live in condos that they aren't able to play basketball. So now they're able to shoot a basketball. Um, but the reality is they're shooting a basketball by themselves with nobody closer than 12 feet away from them. Right. That's still a couple steps away from a fully competitive five-on-five game. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's a step. But, um, you know, I don't think it's a sign. You know, we have received other encouraging signs that the NBA could be back soon. But I don't think this is necessarily a sign that the season is going to resume. I just think it's a, a, nece- you know, a necessary step. At least the NBA felt it was a necessary step to, to make sure guys are staying safe and not doing anything you know, they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it kind of just falls in line. Like I said, with just the way the whole country is progressing or, you know, you're still not allowed to go to the Y and get in like a a five on five run, but you are able to go to your local park and get some shots up. Like it just kind of falls in line with where where you're going, which again is better than where we were a month ago, but um, not anywhere near where we are hopefully going to be a year from now. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, when when they, when they're able to do group workouts, I think that's gonna be like yes, that'll be the big sign. Well, because I don't yeah. think that's gonna happen until they have a plan in place, right? Because they're not gonna want to risk that until there is right. an incentive to actually For get sure. it done, right? For sure, and I I don't really know the you know specifics on this. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure the NBA has issued guidelines, but I don't know this a hundred percent concrete. But I heard that guys who are out of market. Once they come in market, they're going to have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. Well, I think so, that's still kind of the law, or the, I don't know if it's like enforceable law, but that's still what right. people want to do all across the country. But so again, like, that might change yeah, in a week or two. Like, who knows? Yeah. And, and so Jimmy Butler, Solomon Hill, Andre Vidal, the three that are have been outside of South Florida this entire time, uh, for, for most of the time, they're, they're all in California. When they come back, you know, they're still in California right now. Whenever they come back, they're going to be two weeks away from, from joining the team. They, arena yeah, yeah so you know we're again that's like another sign that okay we, maybe there's optimism but we're not close yet you know there hasn't been an announcement and these guys are still in california so i'm guessing they're waiting for some type of announcement before returning and then so from there they're two weeks away from joining the team so I, you know again if we let's say we hear a, a decision from adam silver end of may you know early june practices really aren't starting probably until mid-june Right, third week of June or so, and then that means the season's not starting until maybe second week of July or so. So, I think July, if if the NBA restarts, July is the month, obviously that you know the first game will be played. Um, but that's late. I mean, that's later than we all thought. July. So yeah, that, again, makes me think that maybe the regular season is lost. Maybe there might be a couple practice games, warm up games for the playoffs, but there's just not enough time to do regular season and a full playoffs if we start in July. Yeah, it feels like the, you know, the NHL, I think, has, again, they've been the ones that have kind of leaked it more. And obviously they were in a similar part of their schedule as where the NBA was. Their their playoff races were more competitive. 
than the NBA's, but I think the proposal there was, you know, they have 16-team playoffs like the NBA, 31-team league, so one more team. But I think the idea was basically they would have like a 20 or 22-team playoff, obviously like add a couple rounds or add a round of play-ins. It feels like that's, and all along, that's kind of what I felt like the NBA was going to have to do, um, unless they were going to use these warm-up games as play-ins themselves. But, you know, like we said in the East, I think only, like, nine teams were really in contention, maybe ten, like, technically. West was a little bit more competitive. But I think if you if you went to 20 teams, basically, and did ten teams from the East, ten from the West, and had a couple one-round um, play-ins to, to set the field – um, or maybe best of three or something, just so so guys aren't coming playing one game and then leaving. Like that would kind of feel like a waste. Um, I, it feels like that's what they're going to have to do, and it felt like that's what they should have been thinking all along, and maybe it was what they were thinking all along. But again, I, the the TV rights, I guess, kind of held that up. But at a certain point, like we all said, like if they don't play any games, they're going to lose that money anyway. Like you, at a certain point, if you yeah. if you want to get this in, you're obviously going to have to make sacrifices just like they are right now like by losing every game you lose is a sacrifice but once you get on the court at least you're on the court and you're getting something out of it yeah and i know we we, we were kind of trying to talk about practice facility but one more bigger well picture. yeah like we said it's not that that big of a deal <laughs> yeah right right but one, one yeah you're right um one big picture thing um you know if if when the nba decides to restart the season Something they're going to have to just accept, and, and I know this has been talked about in the different reports that they, that's kind of been a talking point. Uh, players likely going to test positive. Right. right, that is the other big thing they have to figure out. Right. So, what do you do? You know, if you feel like the season should then be ended again, you just don't come back. You have to have some type of plan for when somebody tests positive. You, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what the number is that would take for the season. Then, like, you know, maybe you know, one obviously is not going to be it, but maybe if if ten. If 10 test positive, then you end up, but you have to have some type of plan where, okay, we move forward, but these players have to isolate. And another thing is you have to be willing to accept the fact that you're living day to day. So things could change and change dramatically from one day to the next. And this is probably going to impact, or it, it could impact the results of the playoffs. Like if a yeah. star player test positive, he has to miss two weeks and he has to miss an entire series. And all of a sudden the seven seed beats the two seed because of that. Um, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, so, I think you have to be ready to treat that stuff. I mean, obviously, like, if it there's an outbreak, then it's, di- it's different than a, a twisted ankle. But I think you have to be kind of willing to accept that, like, LeBron testing positive, you have to think of that like he sprained his knee and he's out for two weeks. Like, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, just, it's a different factor than we ever ha- thought we were going to have to consider. But it's um, obviously, like I said, sprained knees aren't contagious, so it's, it's different. But, um, yeah, you have to be – you can't be ready to call off the season or, or halt the season just because one of your biggest names um, gets sick. Uh, and I don't think they are. I think the, the bigger right. contingency is what do you do if, if LeBron tests positive and all of a sudden nine Lakers right. test positive right. and, and the Lakers can't play? I, I guess the difference is like LeBron might play through a sprained knee. Yeah, LeBron that's the difference, I guess. only miss one game you know, from a sprained knee, but here you're going to be mandated to yeah. – Miss at least two weeks. And but if LeBron maybe- got some other infectious disease somehow, then yeah. then you'd be yeah. out. Like yeah, it's it's just a more common infectious disease than yeah. than we're used to dealing with. I, I just think it's unavoidable that we're probably going to have to, and it's fine. I mean, it's happened before, but like 
whoever wins the finals is going to have an asterisk next yeah. year. And probably the biggest asterisk ever, but yeah, whatever. But whatever. I mean, you got it's to me the alternative is worse. Like I, you know, if if they can find a way to sit to finish the season safely, um, which again is not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but that's obviously the best the best way to go. Yeah. You know, that it's not playing at all. You know, that that's that's tough for players, you know, financially, the league financially, you know, for fans, like they want to return to some type of normalcy where they can watch basketball. Um, but again, the number one thing it has to be safe. You yeah. just can't bring it back. It is funny. We're talking about like, oh, what if the best player in the league couldn't play in the playoffs because of some unforeseen circumstance, as yeah. if that didn't just happen last right. year when Kevin Durant yeah, blew out his Achilles. Yeah, and that definitely impacted the result, I think, of the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. We got a couple random little topics we want to touch on before we finish up. Uh, keep it light to end the show. Um, the first one is Tyler Hero's hair. Thoughts? Um, uh, I, you know, I thought he looked good. I thought it looked good on him. I think, you know, he, he was able to pull it off, I guess. I guess that's what I'll say. I, I think he received, you know, I, I don't think Tyler cares about the, like, about reaction from people. It doesn't, he seems pretty confident in his own skin. So I don't think it impacts him, but, um, you know, an Instagram live interview he did with Jason Jackson this week, he did say that, you know, he noticed that some people didn't like it. He got some flack for the hair. Um, but again, I think he's pretty confident. On skin. I thought it was interesting that he said it's not the first time he's, he did it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like he had it during the season. Just apparently. for like a minute, I guess. Like, cause we see yeah, him every day night. pretty much. Yeah, so I, I, you know, whatever, you know, Tyler Hero, do you, you know, living his best life, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and he said he was, ha- you know, he, he said some people like it too, and if you look on the Instagram comments, UD uh, seemed to be in favor, I think Chris Bosch was in the comments in favor, like, uh, yeah, he's Tyler Hero, right, like he said, they know who I am, as Jimmy Butler said, like, he's got some hood tendencies, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think people who know Tyler are just like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Yeah. You know, people who don't know Tyler that they see the photo and they're like, oh, that's not, that's not, a, that's not a good look, you know. So, I think that's a difference. People that knew Tyler, they were, they were fine with it. You know what? All of our hair looks bad these days. Right. I mean, I, you know, you have to. Get <laughs> I really could have used braids to keep some of this hair out of my eyes these days. I just don't know how right. to do it. Yeah. I, I actually snuck in a haircut. Last week, by the way, side note, uh, with my dad. My dad oh, has nice. cut my hair before, and I, that finally came in handy where he was able to give me a haircut because I could not deal with long hair anymore. Like, I'm one for short hair, so uh-huh. I, you got to be creative. Like, you know, it's, it's that type of, you know, it's that time, but but I'm, I was fine with it. I, I didn't have an issue with it. You like the uh, Hurricane sweatshirt he had? That was cool. I mean, that, that, that retro Hurricane look, I mean, that's... There are many better looks than that. Like that, I I really like the old Hurricane jackets, the old Hurricane uniforms. Like it's a good look. Um, Tyler really seems to rep Miami hard. It yeah, he, like. if you look like in his Instagram, I think like two of his last three photos. There's another one where he's wearing like a Marlins jersey. So yeah, I mean he for a guy from Milwaukee, he's like really turned into a a Miami guy fast. Uh, he yeah, he's enjoying it, and um, all power to him. What he's nice. Imagine, imagine being 19 and moving to Miami with millions of dollars. He's 20 now, but he was 19 uh-huh. when he got drafted. Like, that's, that's, that's a lot. So, for the most part, he's handled it well. Yeah, he looks like he's having a good time during his quarantine. Yeah. 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 That, there's no problem with that. Yeah. Um, 
Should we wrap up with this ESPN list of the top, well, I think it's 74 players of all time. Kind of a random number. I wonder I why, say, they why did they do 74? The I don't know, actually. Has to be a reason. I mean, is that like Hall of Famers? No, there's more than just the Hall of Famers, I guess. I actually haven't really looked at the bottom of the list. Um, 74 is Artist Gilmore. I don't know why he's the cutoff. Um yeah, you got Tony Parker is, down there. You got Damian Lillard Bob, down there. Is Bosch on the list? Oh, I didn't know if Chris Bosch. I don't think he was because he wasn't in the top 40, I don't think, right? No, no he's definitely no, he was not on the list. 40. No. I wonder if he's, let me see, 74, 40. Uh, no, he's not in the bottom. He deserves it, unless he's ahead of Wade, which I, which I doubt. No, but, he's not. Um, I yeah I, I that's that's a snub I think I think Chris Bosh deserves to be on this list some, uh, somewhere right yeah so seventy four seventy three are Artist Gilmore Dikembe Mutombo and then seventy two is Lillard seventy one Lanier and then seventy Tony Parker like I, I wouldn't put Bosh ahead of Tony Parker so it's really like is he better than one of those four guys I don't know anything about Bob Lanier <laughs> really um, like I know his name I know he was good. And I don't really know much about Artis Gilmore either. He was an ABA guy, so um, those guys are always a little tougher to judge. Um, but, like, Dikembe? Yeah. Over Bosch? Like, I love Dikembe. Yeah, he was one of the best, like, one of the best like, defensive players of all time. Second best player on a finals team that lost in five games. Um, I don't know. I feel like I would have had Bosch ahead of him. Dikembe yeah. averaged 9.8 points per game in his career. Yeah, I would, and Bosch was pretty like ahead of his time too. Just his place and like kind of yeah. changing the league. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, Bosch, Bosch doesn't get a fair rap. Like a, he didn't get into. He was our first ballot Hall of Famer. He should have been, but whatever. I get it. Basically, I, I think he'll make the Hall of Fame eventually. But he deserves a place in the top seventy-four in NBA history. To me. Like he, <laughs> he was very underrated. He was a very good all-around player defensively too. He doesn't get enough credit. Maybe he was 75 and this was just like an outright snub. Someone was like, screw Chris Bosh. Yeah, I, maybe. I mean, that's not, that, that is a weird number, like you said, to, to end on 74. At least do 75. 75 would even be a weird number. Yeah, you would think just get to 100 at some Okay, so yeah. wait, it's, it's 74 years of the league. Oh. I, I guess I should have read the second paragraph. Like yeah. Um, <laughs> Alonzo Mourning at 63. It feels about right. Yeah. Behind again, Rod, I mean, one spot you, behind Rodman. You could debate that Bosch was better than Alonzo overall. I mean, I'm not, I, I know Alonzo meant more to the Heat franchise, but you could debate Chris was a better player than Alonzo, but I think they should be around each other, right? Like, if. Yeah. If, I don't know. Alonzo. Alonzo was better as the best player on the team, right? Like, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals when Alonzo was the best player true. on the team. And Bosch, obviously, you know, he never really never in his prime got to be the best player on a team because, you know, pretty much he hits his prime right probably toward the end of, you know, his prime pretty much starts when he gets to Miami, basically. Maybe the last year in Toronto um, and should have continued after when he, I mean, really when LeBron left, by that point, Bosh was probably a better player than Wade. Obviously Wade because of his position and, you know, what his skill set. Um, yeah, he probably would have been like the leading scorer and all that stuff. But Bosch like never really got his chance to, to be the guy um, in yeah. a way that Alonzo obviously just has a little bit better track record as as the guy of getting, um, you know, his teams were better when he was the guy. 
That's fair. Like, that's fair. But I still think they should be. If, if a lot yeah, of they're similar. Like in that range. Yeah. yeah, they should be in the same range. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the uh, Ray Allen fifty six. There's a little heat connection. That feels yeah, about right. That's that's fine. I, he deserves it. I think he deserves to be on this for sure. The big one, I guess, is, is uh, well, LeBron was two. I think we're that's kind of just obvious at this point. Until he wins another championship or two, like he's just going to be number two forever. Um, and then, then I think the debate kind of sparks back up. Uh, where was Wade again? Like thirty-one or something like that. I lost 26. my place. Twenty-six. Sorry, Isaiah Thomas was thirty-one, which felt way too low to me. That's why that number is sticking in my head. Yeah, I mean, I I think Isaiah's. Um, Honestly, like, I feel like a lot of people are probably coming out of this Jordan doc being like, you know, F Isaiah, like, that guy was a jerk. Um, But I kind of come out of this, like, thinking, like, remembering how good Isaiah is. Like, best player on a team that won back-to-back titles. Like, there's not a lot of guys in NBA history that have done that. Yeah, for sure. And and for at his height, too, like, you know, you could say him or, I guess, AI, but for guys six feet and under, like, they were the best players ever. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm an AI Iverson guy, but I... So they were, like, in the same range, but... Yeah, so they had an AI at 29. I'm an Iverson guy, but I would definitely have Isaiah ahead of him, I think. And I would have probably have him ahead of Stockton, too. I know Stockton's the all-time assist leader and, and played for, like, 20 years, so that, like, he, his stock is a lot based on his longevity, but, like, I don't know. Stockton never won a championship. Would you have Isaiah ahead of Dwayne? That one is actually kind of like uh, I was texting just a friend about this list because we were both kind of like, wow, we're kind of surprised how good this list is. Um, and he he said that he would put Isaiah ahead of Wade. And at first I was like, yeah, I guess. But then I thought about it more. And I don't know, the three championships versus two. Um, best player on a championship team. So I think that, um, you know, because Isaiah was obviously the best player on both of his. But I think. Wade being the best on his one and then getting the extra one. Um, and then eight-time All-NBA versus five-time All-NBA. Wade has the edge there. I, I kind of lean toward Wade. And it's kind of another situation where, like, you know, obviously LeBron comes and, and he becomes the star of those two championships. But if the Heat goes a different direction, um, I don't know who else. Like, if they just pair up Wade and Bosh, for example, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily fair to just throw Wade in as the second-best guy on that team, even though he obviously was, um, you know, obviously they, they teamed up in Miami. So I, I think of him as better than, than, you know, he's like a Pippin level number two, at least for that first championship um, when they yeah, sure. destroy the Thunder. Yeah. yeah and, and honestly, on like those years of prime Dwayne, like before, right before LeBron came, like he, those, I mean, he was. Yeah. I, I think his peak was better than Isaiah's. Um, and he, like I said, just he was an All NBA guy more often, and he's got a gold yeah. medal. True. <laughs> Where's Carmelo on this list, by the way? I don't think he was on it. Really? That's interesting. I yeah, I, I mean, there's yeah, that's yeah. Really, I feel like Carmelo is a guy who is going to be more fondly remembered ten years from now than he is right now. Probably he isn't on the list. Holy moly! Wow, wow! I'm I'm surprised that he's on the list. Yeah. I, so I, here's the like Carmelo. I feel like a lot of people remember because his you know he fell off obviously very quickly. Um, the New York years did not go the way they planned, but I, honestly, more of that was because Amari got hurt 
um, and couldn't stay healthy than because of anything Carmelo did. Um, yeah, I think if Carmelo, if they beat the Pacers in, what was it, the 2012 playoffs, 2013 playoffs maybe, um, when they play in the second round, then I think Carmelo's legacy changed a lot. But people also forget, like, Carmelo was the best player in a Denver team that went to the Western Conference Finals. Like, yeah. he's going to be, like, I know Alonzo got his ring. Like, I, I'm just kind of, because we were talking about Alonzo, but, like, I don't know. I don't think Carmelo's, like, that far off from a guy like Alonzo. I think Alonzo had a longer career um, and, and a longer prime than a guy like Carmelo. And, like we said, obviously got a ring in 06 as a, as a contributor. Um, although he was obviously far from his peak at that point. Um, you know, Carmelo is, um, you know, was, was the, was the best player on a team that could have won a championship in Denver. And yeah. And again, if, if Amari doesn't get hurt in New York, I think his, his time there is a lot different. Um, yeah. I think people I, I forget he's, he was a better, is. he was a better winner than people remember. He's kind of, I feel like kind of grouped into a bunch of guys that are like, you know, put up numbers, but, but never had team success. Right. He, he had more team success in his prime, I think, than people remember. Yeah, I, I think one thing that really hurts Carmelo is the, the feeling that he underachieved. Yeah, you know, like yeah. He had such high expectations coming out of college and coming out of Syracuse, and it just seemed like he never was able... He was a great scorer, but he just never was able to like meet expectations, even though he was very, very good. And one of the best scorers in the league for a long time. Um, it, it's just this feeling like you're just left with, like, he never lived up to what we thought he could be, you yeah. know? Uh, last thing on this, Wade is one spot behind Kawhi. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm okay with it. Uh, the guys who are currently, like, it's weird to me, like Giannis being at 27 feels too high right now, but like, but in, by Labor Day, we might be like, oh, that's way too low. He should (laughs) be, yeah, he should be 15, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I think 27 is a little high for Giannis right now. I know he won MVP. He's probably going to win another one this year. Um. But, I, yeah, for a guy who has hasn't even been to a finals, yeah. Yeah, and he's really – he still has holes. Like, obviously everyone has some holes in their game, but he has a big hole in his game, and it's the outside shot. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just – I think that – yeah, I, I mean, he definitely belongs on the list, but I think like probably in the 30s maybe, high yeah. 30s I would say. And then if he wins a title, all of a sudden you bump him up to like the Kawhi, Dwayne yeah. uh, level. I think I'm okay with Kawhi being ahead of Dwayne. Yeah, I am too. Two-time like, finals MVP. Two-time finals MVP. Obviously, yeah. like, that Toronto, like, his last, the most recent championship is one of the, like, better postseason runs we've had in a while um, in terms of, like, you know, they were not the one seed coming through the East, and then obviously that Warriors team was hurt, but um, still just, like, really impressive championship run there. And, um, yeah, they're... Putting them like kind of right next to each other just made it kind of an interesting comparison point where, um, you know, Kawhi, both guys were kind of the best player on a championship team once, although Kawhi obviously won an extra finals MVP. Um, he was the best player on that team too, by the way. Yeah, I guess by then, definitely by that, I mean, obviously in that postseason run he was, yeah. but but that was still kind of kind of thought of as, as Duncan's team, I guess, at that point. And, um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, and Kawhi... He broke up. He helped break up two super teams. That's they, true too. Yeah, he, and then also obviously last year with Golden State, like he's he's changed NBA history. Like he yeah, has yeah. helped. I mean, maybe they would have broken up anyway, but I think if the Heat win the title that year, it's a lot different. Certainly, LeBron comes back. Yeah, um, and the Warriors, I don't know. I mean, maybe Durant was gone either way, but 
Yeah, he's he's pretty much ended like two different eras. Yeah, crazy. the two most important NBA dynasties um, since the Lakers, since the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. So yeah. All right, let's wrap up there. Um, got anything else to to plug? Anything going on these days? Um, no, not really. Just yeah. waiting for games to start. Um, you know, we're we're still writing. Obviously, we know we're still putting out content, um, but. I think like everyone else, you know, we're waiting to see what comes next. You know, practice facilities were a good start or a small start, like a small step, like we said. But um, I think we're all kind of trying to see like what's what's the big, the first big step the NBA is going to take, you know. And um, I thought it was going to happen in May and it might still happen in May, but it looks like the timetable now is like two to four weeks. So we could be waiting until June. Yeah. All right, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, again, just kind of a lot of waiting and seeing and writing little stuff. Nothing nothing big. So uh, thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week.